We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And going to do a quick intro for this show because it's a it's a good one, a long one packed with a lot of valuable content. Um, this is an episode, you know, you might want to uh, listen to a couple parts, um, you know, back maybe two or three times. So um, I'll introduce my guests in a minute. Just one thing I do want to add and remind people is that for these interviews, I record a 15 or 20 minute bonus segment uh, that we air for our Pride members. You can set up, um, if you join through Patreon, you can set up a feed, our bonus feed, and it'll come to your, you know, your listening device, your phone, just like uh, any other podcast would. So very convenient. You can be, you can join the Pride through Patreon, Lions of Liberty, um, slash <laughs> patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. I can't believe I'm re- forgetting the, uh, the name of our, our sites and, or you can join at locals, um, lionsofliberty.locals.com. Let me double check that one since I'm not thinking clearly right now. Yes. Lionsofliberty.locals.com. And of course there's all kinds of other perks and bonuses depending on what level you join at, but for as little as $5 a month, less than a cup of coffee, you can get all this great bonus content on top of my, on top of my bonus interview interviews that I air. Uh, Brian does a, a daily during the week uh, segment. Um, you're talking about news items, talking about current events, of course, wrapping it in a little bit of comedy. So if that's not worth $5 a month to get that bonus content, then I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. We bring this show to you for free because we love you. So show a little love back. Would you? Would you show a little love back? No, seriously, just appreciate you listening. Um, please share the show, tell your friends, and uh, let's get to it. Okay, we are live to the Lions of Liberty Pride. I'm joined here today by John McCoy. John is a freelance blogger, and uh, he became a freelance blogger, sort of out of necessity. We'll get into his story, but he he saw you know the writing on the wall of things that were to come with uh, the vaccine mandates, the uh, the jab mandates. And uh, he was able to create significant income and really change his entire situation. So really cool story. Something that I think is a conversation that, you know, it's not one of those things like, oh, just, just get inspired and motivated, but let's learn how he did it. And uh, I think we can all take something away from it. So, John, welcome to Finding Freedom. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here, man. Um Let's start out first so my audience learns a little bit about you. Um, just tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Um, you know, kind of some some relevant facts about you and, and who is John McCoy? Sure. So I grew up in eastern Kansas, uh, right outside the uh, state capital, Topeka. And I grew up here. I've lived here for my whole life except for about four years. 
I was stationed in uh, Abilene, Texas in the Air Force, um, enlisted right after 9-11, kind of, you know, well, I know I'm safe with your uh, with your audience. I believe I voted for Bush and thought it was the right thing to do. So <laughs> so did I in, um, in that election. So yeah, yeah, oh, that was brutal, man. Brutal. But, you know, I was yeah. like, I don't know, whatever I was, 18 or 19 when I enlisted, you know, I didn't know anything. So I, um, I enlisted, I did four years there and then I got out, um, and joined the, uh, the national, the air national guard. And I ended up spending about nine and a half years in the air guard. Um, I was a jet mechanic and then I did, I kind of moved to the administrative side of, of the, uh, house when I was farther along in my career. Um, and then I ended up, uh, working for the department of the army at Fort Leavenworth. So, you know, where the prison is, um, for about seven and a half years. Um, my whole career was in aviation. Um, so the necessity that you're talking about, uh, I had a long-term, um, red pill moment of trying to get custody of my daughter and, uh, any of your, um, any of your crew that has ever been involved in the domestic court kangaroo court, um, knows that it'll bleed you dry if you, if you put up a fight and it did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my, my second wife, my, my wife now, and I, um, we're trying to get custody of my oldest daughter. So we spent years and many thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on the process. And we did eventually get custody of her. Had, we've had her for about, she's 18 almost 19 now. And, um, but I mean, I think probably total expenditure was 50 to 60 grand, but not including, wow. not including child support, which was about 50 grand. Um, yeah. Oh dude. And th- this was in, this was in Kansas. This is in Kansas bleeding yeah. red state. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, it took years and years and about that time, um, things just weren't working out in the, in the, the air guard and I was getting out and, um, <clears throat> You know, at that time I was getting about $350 a month from the one drill weekend I was there, uh, which is highway robbery. As I look back on it now, you know, like, man, I give a whole weekend for that. <laughs> but at the time, man, I needed that $350 badly. And so yeah. that was in late 2015. And, uh, we just honestly did not know like what we were going to do. Um, you know, like, I mean, we were at the point where we were getting so bled dry by this. We're like, are we going to have gas money for me to go to work? this week, you know, we have to limp through mm-hmm. till payday, you know, it was, it was awful. And, um, so it was about almost the exact same time, maybe two months after I got out of the air guard, like we're really like, we don't know what we're going to do. Um, my ex-wife who I've been fighting with for all these years, um, ended up just, you know, her life is such a train wreck. She handed over custody to my daughter. So, so, so were you able to like even see your daughter during this time? Yeah. But I mean, it was contentious yeah. and th- this does all play yeah. in my career. It, it is all leading up mm-hmm. to it. Uh, it's no, getting sure, really sure. close now. So, so, um, at this point, this would have been early 2016. Um, the rule rules reversed and I was no longer playing paying child support. Thank God. And my ex-wife was actually owed me child support and, uh, which she's still has never really paid up on. Um, so I was trying to track down her income. And then mm-hmm. my wife found her by doing some snooping and found her on Upwork. And I was like, well, what's Upwork, you know? And, uh, huh. so she's, yeah, this is how it all started. I was, I was trying to shake down my ex-wife for, uh, for child support. And, um, so, <laughs> so I, um, I, I check out Upwork and this was real early on when they just changed names from Odesk. And at that point they were still pretty small, like the pandemic, pandemic, scamdemic, um, 
it ex- Upwork exploded. And, um, but I got in way earlier. So I was like, I was checking it out. I'm like, I put in aviation because my whole career had been aviation. I'm like, well, you know, we'll see if we can get a couple hundred bucks, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, so I put in my background and just built a little profile and I kind of forgot about it. And then this dude, uh, was looking for an editor for his, a quarterly newsletter, um, in the aviation community. And he reached out to me and my, my, at the time, my rate was stupid low, like 10 bucks an hour or something. You know, it was like beer money cheap. And, yeah. um, so I was like, he reached out to me and I was, I, I had paralysis or not. Pro- I had, um, imposter syndrome so bad. I was like, I- I'm not going to take mm-hmm. it. I, I don't know what I'm doing. My wife's like, what are you doing? You idiot. Just take it. You know, it's like worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. And so, uh, long story short, I started doing that. And I think I worked on that contract for about almost two years. And you know, made a couple grand. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it's it was that proof. Did, of concept. did you neg- did you negotiate your your rate up from the original ten dollars that you had set? Yeah, well, I got up to fifteen, um, but I was yeah. still way undervaluing, and I still didn't see yeah. a future in it. Um, I mm-hmm. all all you know, all of this really goes to my wife, who was like, "You you can do this for real money." I'm like, "I don't think so." So, but then. Uh, that was kind of like my main thing on Upwork for a while, but then I started picking up a few other small ones. I mean, at the time they were like 20 or 30 bucks, like they weren't anything, but I started, you know, gaining some momentum. And then I was probably a year and a half in and, but I was still working full time for the army. And, uh, and I was like, I wonder if there's any gun gigs on here. I wonder if they're, you know, too progressive or will they actually let them? So I just researched firearms and shooting Mm -hmm. and it popped up some stuff. And I've been a, a shooter for a long time and I build ARs and, you know, redneck stuff. And, um, so I, uh, I saw this, um, posting for writing product descriptions. Um, it was like, uh, ammo seek or one of those companies. And I was, I was like, I'll just put in for it. You know, what's the worst can happen. And sure enough, you know, I actually made, built my bio and I built the, uh, the cover letter well enough and was, you know, demonstrate, I actually knew something about guns and shooting. And he was like, Hey, you know, I think it was like 20 minutes later, he got back with me. He's like, do you want to start? I'm like, yeah, you know? So <laughs> yeah. And it's, it really is that easy. So fast forward to, you know, we get to the Trump years, you know, and life's good. It was, you know, not so bad working for the army. I wasn't in the army, but I worked for him. So almost the same thing. And, um, and then, you know, 2020 happens and, you know, we're watching this all unfold and I'm sitting there watching this train wreck. And I'm like, this is, this is crap. This, all of this is crap. Everything that we're, we're seeing here is mm-hmm. we're being fed a line. Now at this point I've been writing for about five years and my wife was, uh, involved in one of those like Mary Kay type of companies. So, and she'd actually mm-hmm. started finding some success and she's like, you know, you're going to have to make a decision at some point. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to either give this up or you're gonna have to pursue it full time. And I'm like, ah, I'm not ready yet. And 2020 progresses further on. And then I'm, I'm, I'm just, just curious we'll, just to dig yeah. in on that. So what was, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like what was, what was, where, where was her mind at saying that, that you, that she thought you had to make a decision one way or the other, right, right at that point in time, or was encouraging that? It was just a time thing. At that point in time, we have five yeah. kids. It's Cause you I were spending, commuting. spending so much time do, do, doing the, yeah. uh, up work and also working full time. And it was just, you had no time. Yeah, is yeah. that essentially it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 
so my job at the army, I ran an airport for them and, uh, at mm-hmm. Fort Leavenworth, it's where all the high rollers in the army come through there and they give zero consideration for your family life, your schedule or your anything. So, and mm-hmm. I was the manager, I managed it. And so I had to be there and if they were like four hours late, like Millie was always four hours late. Um, I'd be there. So I had zero predictability. I mean, they were only obligated to give me 24 hours lead time if they were going to come in. And a lot of times they didn't even do that. And so mm-hmm. we, you know, our kids were growing up and we have a bunch of kids and we're like, you know, it was just stress. It was stress express. I mean, it was, we were, we were both just getting really burnt out. And she was like, you know, you need to do this and you should do it because I'm making money and you're stressed out all the time. And, uh, and I was like, well, I can't argue that I am. And so we're, yeah. So we're watching 2020 and then 2021 rolls around and, you know, Biden's elected or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and that, that he was ends crazy. Up in the White yeah. House. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, yeah, that seems improbable, but all right. And, uh, so he, he gets installed in the White House and, um, and, you know, the first traffic working for the army, we start getting all this email traffic and chatter, like, don't worry. You know, the, the vaccine's been rolled out, but we're not, it's no one's mandating it. And I was like, okay, you know, right. I've already been red pilled from the divorce and been being around you idiots for years. You know, the military as soon as, yeah, as soon as they say that, don't worry, we're not going to mandate it. Then, you know, they're definitely going to mandate it. Automatic. Well, so then it gets better. It gets better. This is about February and I resigned in April or yeah, I resigned in April of 2021 about February they start sending out these spreadsheets and they're like, we just want to know who's gotten it. We just, for our own internal records, Mike, mm. what, you know, <laughs> you can't do that. I'm not in the military anymore. All right. So I'm not, mm. I'm not filling it out. And they're like, no, don't worry. It's not going to be mandated. You know, we're not going to do that. And I was like, right, right. You're not going to do that. So yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it was like, I don't know, two weeks after, you know, a couple months or whatever, after I resigned, they're like, Oh yeah. Federal employees are mandated. I was like, yeah, I saw that one coming. So, so that's how it kind of, we, we knew it was coming and it wasn't like this one event, but we were just kind of like worse that happens. The great resignation mm-hmm. was in full swing. We're like, if it doesn't work out, you know, just go back to nine to five. And, um, yeah. so that kind of takes me up to April, 2021 when I resigned. And then from there, so let, let me ask you something about the, the the lead up to that. So you yeah. resigned in April 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you know something that I think prevents a lot of people, especially people with kids. And you said I think you said you have five. You have five kids. Um, I have six now. Is, but I have five at the time. Oops, six kids. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> what what a lot of people worry about, myself included, in a jump like that is okay health insurance. Like, mm. so did you have like that lined up on what you were going to do for, for that situation or just like, we'll figure it out as we go. We have just been winging it. And the reality is that, um, <clears throat> with less, I mean, you know, my wife and I sat down and we're like, at this point, we don't even trust anything, any, almost anyone, in the medical community says. So I think we'll just yeah. take the plunge. And if, if we feel down the road that we need it, then mm-hmm. we'll get it. Um, and instead we've just padded our savings account. We're like, if it's, I mean, it, we're all very healthy, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and, I, and the, I mean, you think about it, the, the, the amount of money that you pay for health insurance, especially with that many kids every month would be, yeah. If you're able to save that money, you're, yeah, it, it was exactly. You're, hundreds you're actually, and, yeah. And we never used it. And once they were, mm-hmm. once 
once we, you know, shied away from well child stuff and any of that stuff, you know, I mean, that was hundreds of dollars down the drain. I never go to Mm -hmm. the doctor. I've never get sick. And my, my kids are never sick. And we're like, well, if we have to go get a broken bone set, we'll just go to the ER and pay it out of, out of pocket, you know, big deal. And, um, so we just, but I, I understand where you're coming from though. Cause even I was, before I quit, you know, you get so programmed to really think, you know, like, how can I even literally survive the day without health insurance? That's been 25 months and I haven't had a single incidence that even remotely close to required that. It's so, it's so funny um, you say that. Well, yeah, this is, I get it. This is, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. This episode, um, it's going to air on Monday. What is that? Whatever Memorial day is, I don't know what the actual day is, mm-hmm. but it's going to air Memorial day, which, uh, this episode is going to be sponsored by crowd health, which is not health insurance, <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. it's a way to, you know, cover yourself and your medical bills, um, essentially by, you know, crowdfunding with, with other people. Um, it's actually like, sort of like, like an old school idea that, uh, this, uh, this company is running with. It's really, really interesting. I don't use it myself, but I could definitely see myself using it, um, in the future. But yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny for that reason that we're having this conversation uh, that that ad's going to be inserted probably any moment now. But uh, anyway, nice. back, uh, back to your story. Yeah. So I, I totally understand because you really do get fully programmed. And actually the, the crowd health mm-hmm. type of model is one. If we were concerned, I would definitely go that route. Um, at this point, I just don't see it being an issue because we don't, we're yeah. not on anything. No, use any medications and um, it's not an issue, but but it is scary because if you pay that out of pocket, I mean, that could be a really substantial part of your pay I and mean, you can really cut into it. So, but no, mm-hmm. we just kind of, I, I mean, I knew I was going to get canned anyway, cause I wasn't going to take the shot. Um, I figured they, they stuck me with enough garbage while I was in the air force. I wasn't going to take any more. So, um, I, uh, you know, it's, I, it's I totally interesting. Underst- a, a lot of, a lot of people who were in, you know, the armed forces have that same viewpoint. They're like, I've, mm-hmm. I've been experimented on enough. Like I'm drawing a red line. I'm I'm done. So yeah, that's, I've yeah. heard that from many people. I personally know two guys that got, um, they, they had a bad batch of anthrax vax. And I was like, these guys ran like negative really? 0% chance of ever getting an- anthrax. But instead, mm-hmm. both these guys are disabled for, to a certain extent for the rest of their life Jeez. because of that shot. One of them was a pilot. He cannot fly for wow. the airlines. He lost his physical. He can't fly at all. You know, wow. so and he has seizures. He used to be dude used to be an amateur bodybuilder. Now he has seizures and can barely pick a box up off the floor. So, you know, I'm like, it ruined his future, you know, and um, and, you know, he'll get his VA claim. But I mean, that's nothing compared to what what he would have been earning as a as a airline captain, oh, especially over the, his lifetime, which is probably yeah. shortened now. So. Um, if you were able, so yeah, if you were I, able to sue, if you were able to sue the government over that, and uh, you know, come to a uh, a plea deal, a plea agree, plea agreement, I'm sure it would be in the in the millions. If you were able to do oh, that, which you can't, but exactly, yeah. exactly, it definitely would. But he's not going to. He's going to get his two thousand dollars a month or whatever from yeah. the VA and a thank you for your service, you know, wave. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of us out there that kind of said, all right, we, we served our time, you know, we did ours, our part. So mm-hmm. we're not taking any more. Um, and I, I knew a few guys that were getting older and they were like, when it started rolling out, they were retirement eligible. And they're like, I'm getting out of the army. You know, like they were civilians around 60. I'm like, I'm just going to go. It's going to mm-hmm. hang out longer, but I'm not doing this. So, 
I mean, I think that's kind of part of the overall purge, but that's, that's a different level. Yeah. You're, you're speaking to the, uh, the purge of, they want to get people who are nonconformists and ones who don't fall oh, totally. in line out of the armed forces. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They do. So yeah, we, we definitely observed yeah. it happening, but yeah, it works though. Um, you know, you keep the ones that are mm-hmm. easy to conform and then, you know, it, I mean, guys that are willing to take the risk, like I did generally don't conform all like I was a really terrible soldier anyway you know, or airmen, um, <laughs> I didn't conform and I argue with people and, you know, it's just, yeah. you know. So, so let's, uh, kind of go through like how you built this up. Um, cause you mm-hmm. built up a pretty significant income stream. You yes. leave your, you leave your job, you start doing this full time. Um, were you still using Upwork at that time? Had you expanded to other platforms or what was your situation like there? Yeah. So Upwork really, if, I mean, so Fiverr is its only real competitor, but Fiverr is a lot smaller. Um, Upwork really, they've really cornered the market really well. I mean, there are a couple of other ones, but their, their UX, you know, like their user experience, just their, their platforms are just, just really garbage comparatively. Like Upwork definitely cornered, has the market cornered. Um, Mm -hmm. At that point, when I first started, I was, it was exclusively Upwork. um, And you know, I'll be honest, that first year was really tough because I had a couple of, I had a couple of clients right before I was like, when I resigned, I, I decided to press the button right then. Cause I had a couple of new clients come on. They're like, yeah, we're going to need a bunch of work, you know? And I was like, well, this, if there's a time, this is time to do it. Well, long story short, those didn't pan out. Um, and I was left with basically not making much of anything, um, for, I'm going to say about nine months. Um, hmm. Fortunately, because of all the COVID relief stuff, we had put our, our mortgage on a forbearance and we're like, well, let's just, you know, we'll play this out. And, and I'll be honest that first, it it takes about a year, I would say for most people to get deprogrammed from the nine to five mentality and embrace this lifestyle. If they ever do, it takes some time. And I was Mm -hmm. really like, no, no, babe, I gotta, I gotta go back. You know, I gotta go back. And, um, I fortunately, what what are like, what are some of the what are some of the struggles, you know, with like that deprogramming? Like, like what, what did you struggle with, you know, full with fully embracing freelancing? You just, it's, it's that, it's that lie about job security, like that it actually exists mm-hmm. in, you know, the corporate world. Uh, even though I, I knew it didn't, um, for a couple of years, right after I got out of the air force when I was like 23, I worked at a target warehouse and I saw people get canned constantly. And I was like, there's no, including bosses. I'm like, there's no security here, you know, and they're a major Mm -hmm. company. There's no security at all. So I already knew personally there was none. Now in the federal government, that's a little different. It's extremely hard to get rid of a federal employee. I mean, (laughs) I mean, including really, really bad ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so yeah, actually that was kind of like the worst place to try to leave because it's so easy. And if you excel at all, like I did, I mean, you're on easy street, you know, really, you know, they, you have your program pay raises every two years or whatever. And I mean, really, I was probably working about actually working about five hours a week Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, typical government employee. So, um, but really it's just that, that idea of job security. Like if I don't nail this one down or if this just contract goes away, I mean, there's, there goes my income and you get, 
a lot of it is the scarcity mindset that you get set into this idea that there won't be another client that pays that well, or a gig that you click with this easily or this, that, or the other. That's, that's really the big thing. And it, I didn't start actually, I didn't have a client that really started paying really well until well into 2022. And then, um, and then it all started to click. Then when you started seeing mm-hmm. really good pay come in, it, you start to kind of push that stuff out of your mind. Yeah. And, and it builds your confidence too, right? I mean, once you get a yes. couple of those gigs and you, and you start feeling, you start, you know, understanding that, you know, that whole time you were worth that much, but then you actually are getting paid yes. that you're like, okay, well now, yes, I, I should be getting that. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of the expectation then. Right. Yes. Um, so, so, so let, let's talk about like uh, time management when you're working for yourself, freelancing, was that something that came sort of naturally to you being able to, you know, switch from the, the job mentality to the freelancing mentality to be able to keep yourself on task? Um, it it did. I was actually pretty lucky where I worked in the army. Um, I worked for a bunch of guys that knew nothing about aviation and my office, the actual airport was about two miles away from my headquarters building where my bosses were. So, um, you know, they were always apologizing. Like, I'm just sorry. We never make it down. I'm like, Oh, don't apologize. It's fine. Really? It's fine. And, um, so I worked with a lot of autonomy while I was doing that. And, uh, and actually I grew up an only child living out in the country. So it, it really kind of starts back when I'm a little kid and, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of had to organize my life on my own. And, you know, as I progressed through my life, I was in a lot of situations where I worked with a lot of autonomy. So for me personally, it wasn't that big of a jump. Now the flip side is though, you know, you still always have this, I won't call it dread, but it's always in the back of your mind that if you don't deliver the goods, when you say you do, they just might get rid of you. And if that Mm -hmm. happens to be a $6,000 a month client that gets rid of you just because, because you don't sign a contract, you're not an employee. You're just a guy he's sending money to on PayPal, you know? Um, you know, if you don't deliver the goods, he can just stop sending you money on PayPal. Um, so I mean, for me, it, it did come fairly naturally. And I mean, that was the one good thing about being in the military is it, you are, you don't have a choice. If you conform at all and make it past like the first year, you know, you are being driven by an order that's much bigger than you. So, you know, and that sticks with you, you know, when, when you're having that driven into you when you're 19, I mean, it doesn't really leave you. So, um, and I talked to Mark about this on his show that mm-hmm. that really was something, um, that, that did help me. Like, I definitely think it gave me a leg up. Um, but at the, at, at the end of the day though, you have to be driven. You have to be self-driven. Like I don't really work that many hours, but I'm very consistent with the hours I work and the schedule I keep and how I do it because it works mm-hmm. for me. And, uh, and it's going to be different for everyone. You know, and I mean, that is the beauty of it, though. This isn't a nine to five. You're not clocking in, but it's also the detriment of it. You're not clocking in and you're not clocking out. And if you don't deliver the as promised, you know, you're going to be looking for another client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, your gigs now that you're doing, are, are you pretty much full time writing? Is that mostly what you do? Yeah, that I mean, that's all I'm doing, although I'm starting to pivot because I've been talking about like search engine optimization, SEO, 
and it's been driving a lot of interest. And I've actually have my first guy, uh, is paying me for a consultation, which was out of the blue. <laughs> and, uh, it's just, I've been talking about it on Twitter mm-hmm. a lot in a very practical sense. Like I'm not a nerd. I don't, I, I'm not in the, you know, those data land, data analytics nerds that do SEO stuff. That's not me. It's just a very practical sense of what I've seen work over long-term projects. Um, but I've actually talked to some guys like, dude, you need to talk about that more. So I'm starting to pivot a little bit more into a consulting mm-hmm. role. Writing is awesome, but it has limitations. I'll just say that because writing is very time consuming and it's very yeah. intensive. You know, you got to write the first draft and then you got to come back to it and you have to edit it. And then sometimes you're also putting it up on WordPress or you're putting it up on Squarespace. You're also doing images. You have to make sure the images aren't pirated and that you're not going to get, you know, the company you're writing for sued because you had used a bad image. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very time consuming stuff. And, um, but yeah, that, that's my main bread and butter. Um, so, and that kind of brings me to, and I don't want to jump the gun, but that kind of brings me up into a pricing model. Um, mm-hmm. writing is also kind of a difficult commodity to scale because at some point in time you're going to peak. Um, like, and I, I have a couple of clients that pay ridiculous amounts of money for what I do, but I also understand that at some point you're going to peak that and you, and you cannot, you cannot, I mean, I've, I've run in a couple of people that write ungodly amounts. I don't know how they do it, but I mean, most people that I know cannot write more than a one to 2000 words a day and make it be legible, you know? Um, so you, you, there's yeah. only a finite amount of of writing that you can accomplish in a month and have a good product. And if your product isn't good, if it looks like it was written by chat GPT, you're not, you're going to be looking for work or you're getting paid five cents a word, you know? Right. Well, that, that was actually going to be going to be my next question. What's your, what's your view of AI (laughs) in writing? And is it, is it something that you, you know, come across a lot, like maybe looking at competitors or or things like that? Oh, oh yeah. You can definitely fig- figure out which ones just plug a prompt in the chat GPT and mm-hmm. slap it straight onto a website because it's absolute hot garbage. Um, <laughs> but uh, I use it a lot. Uh, actually, actually the, the, I, the AI service I like the best is with notion. Uh, they added it about a month ago and I, and what, I what's it called? Notion? notion. Notion. I haven't heard of that. Okay. Oh man. You check it out. Notion. It's all the rage. Um, okay. it's like, okay. You ever use uh, Trello? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like Trello mixed with everything else. <laughs> it does everything <laughs> you can, you know, you seriously, you can, and you can uh, sync it with everything and you can also do, can drafts. it edit podcasts? <laughs> you know what? It, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it could, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, um, I use notion as basically I use it to, to track everything and um, Mm -hmm. like, like I'd use Trello, but they added an AI feature that I like the best. And so, you know, what I use it for, especially if it's a topic that I'm writing on that isn't yielding very good Google results. um, I'll just ask the question in there. And as long as it checks out, like that, the information isn't wildly off, I will oftentimes use that to create bullet points. I'll never use it to copy and paste it because it's, it, it, reads like a machine wrote it, but yeah, you're, you're using wh- it to kind of brainstorm. Essentially, oh yeah. It's a little bit. It yeah. really is great. It's really great for that. Um, yeah. but 
as far as a raw product, it's not going to replace anyone anytime soon. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, except for the really bad ones, it'll replace them. Like the, like the AP newswire probably already has yeah. replaced. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where they're getting their info. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's funny. Um, yeah, so you, you were talking about uh, about scaling and it being difficult to scale writing. And I, I do mm-hmm. kind of want to. I, I was going to move on to next next part, but I want to come. I would want to settle on the writing for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, just with like things like writer's block, um, especially when you know you're dealing with uh, writing on a a deadline for a client, you know, you're under a contract or whatever for, you know, for a certain amount of time when you have, you have deliverables. Um, have, have you run into, you know, writer's block and things like that? And like, what are some of your secrets or hacks to, to work through that? Right. Every single day. That's your, that's your hack yeah. that there is, there are no hacks. Uh, really. Okay. So what I do, it's not a hack, but what you have to do And so I do long form blog posts. So this isn't like the blogs of the early 2000s where, you know, they're doing affiliate links for Roomba vacuums or something like that. What I'm Mm -hmm. actually writing for are um, usually like service industry companies, like very boring, like aviation parts and aviation maintenance service companies that are absolutely flush with cash. So what we're doing Mm -hmm. is I'm writing long form posts, usually 1000, even sometimes 2000 words long. And then what we use those is every time you add a page, like a blog post, it's another page on your web page, you know? So mm. every blog post is a new page. So Google is watching these and Bing and, but really it's just Google. They're watching these and they're indexing them. So the more pages you have, the better your website is, you know, you, the more material you have, you know, Google starts to look at it. Uh, because size really matters and freshness of content matters, how often you're putting out, how much of it. And then what we're also doing is we're looking for quality backlinks. So I'm going to backlink either to services that we provide or to other articles I want to drive people to. And then we have outbound backlinks too for like companies that we're friendly with, you know, and, and Google looks at that. And they see credibility or if it's like a .gov website, um, you know, those are credible backlinks as well. So what we're really doing is not so much creating a blog. They just would be considered blog posts. But what we're really doing is creating lead magnets, inbound lead magnets is what we're what we're writing. And, you know, so what we do to do that is we start targeting keywords. So we do some SEO research and we figure out what we need to target and what we are targeting and we start to use those in there, but in a way that is very natural. And because, I mean, Google's unbelievably powerful. You know, I mean, I'm sure you know that. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's beyond comprehension really how powerful of a service it is because it'll even, even is able to determine basically, you know, if, if you're just doing keyword soup, like you're, it's a trash article. Um, and you see these a lot that, you know, not personal, not, it's not trying to be racist, but they'll, they outsource them to people in Pakistan and India for nothing, you know, once in a word or less. And they mm-hmm. just cram keywords in there and it, you know, you'll run in those articles. So it used to be that when it was purely like keyword driven, those articles would sit to the, at the top of the first page on Google. Well, as the algorithm improved, it started noticing these were junk articles and it would 
give them the boot. You know, they drop down in the rankings. Mm. So that's why chat GPT is not going to replace good writers because it'll sense those things too. You have to actually be good and be able to work the words in there, have it flow. Cause there's another component that matters big time for, um, <clears throat> Google rankings, SEO rankings, and that's dwell time. So Google looks at how long people are reading your article. Mm-hmm. So if you have a thousand people get driven to your website, but they all stick around for 10 seconds, that's, you're not going to, you're not going to rank well because it means it's a trash article that, has nothing beneficial or useful in it. So you, you know, with some art, some web websites, you'll go there and they'll say like estimated 10 minute read time or whatever, you know, and that's, that's kind of what Google's gonna be looking at. Did it take 10 minutes or was the person there for at least five or six minutes? And if you have mm-hmm. people actually dwelling on your, on your articles, then it's actually going to improve your rankings. So we have a lot of different factors that we're trying to work into this. So this is why when people ask, is AI going to replace our jobs? And like, no, at least not right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. is, is, there's too much involved. Yeah. There's too much knowledge involved. The, the algorithm is too smart for AI. So the, the AI yeah. is outsmarting the AI. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> oh man. It's like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Crazy world <laughs> we live in. Um, dude, for real. Okay. So you were talking about scaling and kind of sl- slowly starting to shift into, um, consulting, um, around SEO and maybe some other things too. Um, is mm-hmm. that kind of where you see yourself going in, in the future? Like when you look five years from now, do you see yourself doing more of that than, than writing or like, what would you rather do? Like, would, would you rather write or would you rather consult? If it's going to be some of each, I'm sure I'll never get away from writing completely. Cause if you do, I mean, especially as quickly as things change, if you got away from it, I mean, anything you have to offer, like when I'm talking to you right now mm-hmm. is going to be way outdated information. Um, so, I mean, just to stay, you know, with my finger on the pulse of the industry, I, I'll always be writing and yeah. I anticipate with where I'm at in the game now. I mean, really everything I've really learned that first five years or so of doing it part-time, I didn't learn anything. Everything has just been really in just two years. Uh, and that's the crazy thing. Like I've been doing this for seven years, but really I, I tell people only two years of it matters. And that's how mm. quickly you learn and you adapt. So five years from now, I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you where I'll be. Um, but I, there's a lot of different models out there. I had been kind of tepidly looking towards um, running an agency but then I started realizing that sounded really miserable trying to chase around, you know, other qualified writers to do the writing for me. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't, I know a lot of guys have made a lot of money doing that, but I'm like, yeah, money's not everything. I make good money now and I'm very, very relaxed. I don't really work past noon ever. So I would hate oh. to give that up. Um, yeah. So I, um, I have a very, very comfortable baseline that I'm earning now. And I'm like, well, would it, whatever I end up doing, it's going to be something that Mm -hmm. works with my lifestyle. Um, because really at the end of the day, that is really what I'm doing this for. It's for a better lifestyle. It's for a better livelihood, you know? Um, I don't want to, um, live to work. You know, that's, I'm not, I have zero interest in that at all. So, but I would say to to answer your quick, I was going to say, I'm sure you get to spend a lot more time with your kids now than, than you did previously when you were working the nine to five. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times it was like the, the nine to nine and um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And most of my kids don't, don't really even remember it anymore. Um, Hmm. So, you know, they're, and they come complaining that, you know, I, I, it's, it's like 1230, it's noon 30. And like, dad, you're still working. I'm like, yeah, so, <laughs> um, so, but I, which is awesome though. Like they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. Like we're tip, you know, we, we homeschool our kids. So like they, it, it is so awesome, you know? And, um, I mean, I, I wish everyone could experience this that has kids, um, that likes to spend time around their kids anyway. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, once you have a taste of it, you never go back. You know, that's when you realize I, I realized a while ago, this isn't about my career. This is about what I'm able to offer my kids and a legacy of showing them that they can do something different. They don't have to do what I did and they don't have to get yeah. stuck in a soul sucking job that they hate, you know, <clears throat> yeah, in my current my current job, um, I work full time remote. So I, my, I mean, I work in my house. So you know, yeah. my, I I walk my daughter to the to the bus to to go to school, and I you know I'm here when she gets home after. And my my wife, similar to your wife, she does network marketing. So so she she's at mm-hmm. home too. And I I like I've been doing this now this full time remote since. I guess I started full, it was last January. So a little bit over a year or I guess it's almost mm-hmm. coming up on a year and a half, but like, yeah, there's no way I will ever go back into an office. Like the only thing I will do is go further in the other, you know, in, in the direction I'm going in and get, you know, maybe more towards freelance or, or consulting. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's crazy to even think about going back into an office now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so back what we were talking about earlier, you know, the kind of that deprogramming, it stuck with me for a long time. Like, well, how, cause I explored those. I'm like, well, maybe I could just full-time job, but I would be, you know, at home. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm not even wired for that. Like I'm not wired for having yeah. a boss. So, and I didn't really realize it till I didn't have one for a while. And then I was like, I can't work for an idiot again. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. if I end up working, working out with someone that just, I absolutely cannot stand. I'm like, well, we'll just part ways, you know, and uh, wish him the best. No harm, no foul. Yeah. yeah. That, and I'll go off on a real short tangent. That's the biggest fallacy. No, go for it. T- tangent t- away. Yeah. <laughs> that is the biggest fallacy of the, of the nine to five job security, because what happens to you, John, when you get canned from your job? What do you lose Mm -hmm. from your nine to five job? You lose everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, You lose that whole chunk of income. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you lose your, your, I mean, say you're not working, you know, you're a a normie in your man cave, you know, watching the Mm -hmm. giants or whatever. And you, you have never built on a side hustle or done anything else. Mm -hmm. And out of the blue, the factory cans you and because you didn't take the vax or whatever, you know, yeah, you lost everything, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. if I lose one client, I have three other clients and I'll take a dip for a while and I'll bust out my little black book and start emailing other companies that are compatible with the one that just ditched me. And probably yeah. within two or three weeks, I'll be doing the same thing again. And, uh, so yeah, D- diversification, you, you're not yeah. working for just, just one company. You're, you're working with. In, in a mutual consensual agreement, you're working with uh, multiple people or companies. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have four clients to just very simple math, each one paying you 2,500 a month, that's 10,000 a month. Very, very respectable. Mm-hmm. 
if you lose one, you're at 7,500 a month and you're still paying for your mortgage just fine. You know, but if you're mm-hmm. making 8,000 a month from one job and you lose that job, you lose all of your income. So to me, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's far less secure than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a great point. Um, we're going to get to the bonus show here in just a minute, but before we do that, I want to ask you one more question. So mm-hmm. is there anything that I did not ask you? Um, that I was remiss to ask you that, you know, you really wanted to talk about today um, that you had, you had a you know really passionate point about, or is there just something that you want to double down on um, to make the point again uh, for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say kind of parrot what Jason Stapleton talks about. We can talk about Liberty all we want, but it's got to start with your income. All right. So Mm -hmm. everyone in your audience needs to do something to create another income stream. You all have to do it. It is not me. I'm nothing special. I'm an argumentative former knuckle dragger from the air force. Um, you know, and, um, if I can do this and, and I will just be very honest, I I'm pushing to double and a half my salary that I left from the army. And I, I was very well paid. Um, yeah, it's, it's insane what you can do. Um, if I can do that, anyone can do it and everyone needs to do it. All right. Because at some point in time you are, we saw in 2021, 2022 and 2020, your convictions are going to get tested at some point, especially if you work for a major corporation, you are going to get Mm -hmm. tested. All right. And you can either be forced to stand up for your convictions and possibly walk or sit there long enough that, you know, in a, uh, in a standoff and wait for the pers- first person to blink or they're just going to fire you. So everyone needs to get started. And, you know, the best time to start it was seven years ago. Like I did. The second best time is right now. Mm-hmm. I could so not that's, agree that's with, point. with that. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and I, I can't stand when, you know, people hear something like that and they say, well, I'm just not an entrepreneur or, well, I'm just not, you know, somebody who, you know, wants to, you know, sell myself like that. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah you are because you're selling yourself yeah. to your job every single day. So, yes, you are. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, well, I was the least entrepreneurial person I knew, but I did it anyway. And you become you get good at whatever you force yourself to be accustomed to. If you get accustomed to doing this, that's what you get mm-hmm. good at, you know, but it's, it really is far less of a big deal than people play out to be in their mind. It's, it's not uh, entrepreneurship is all about pivoting and learning things as you go. No one is in, mm-hmm. endowed with all this information right off the bat. Nobody is. So which you mm-hmm. have to stop looking at the long game and just do something, set up an Upwork profile, build a website, you know, get on LinkedIn learning, which is free from most of your libraries and learn a new skill. Just do mm-hmm. something, you know? Yeah. Take that. that that's take that first step. So many people, yeah, so many people think they want to plan out everything and, and you have, we have to have a whole plan before oh, yeah. you do anything. Yeah. No, no, you don't. You just need to do, mm-hmm. you just need to get your butt out there and just do something, you know, and the rest of it comes, comes with time. It, it really does. You know, it's, it's cliche jargon, but it really does come. 
All right. Well, we're going to go to the bonus show in a minute here. Before we do that, um, I want you to give your your links, your Twitter, any other socials or um, link tree, but whatever else you want to uh, have people uh, link up to. Right on. So it's I keep it very simple. It's at John McCoy writes. And uh, if you go uh, just f- Twitter is where I'm most active. Uh, follow mm-hmm. me there. And then I have a link tree link on there. So everything is linked from there. Um, but Twitter is where I'm at most of m- most of the time. So at John McCoy writes. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, John McCoy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, but we'll talk to you right now in the bonus segment. Yes. All right. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode with John McCoy. Um, and you know, I told you at the top of the show, there's a bonus segment. I will tell you this in the bonus segment, we dig in a lot deeper into some, you know, tactics that John has used, um, in his business, um, some, some SEO, um, you know, tactics and tools, different things like that. If you want to get into this field, you know, really good content to listen to, but also just in general, you know, we talk about the importance of creating another stream of income and having that flexibility, that protection, because as you and I both know, this world is very unstable and just having one stream of income or maybe two streams of income, if you and your spouse have a stream of income, it's very, very risky. In today's day and age, that is, I mean, I don't know if you can be more risky than that. People talk about diversifying investments and uh, of course, that makes sense, right? You don't want to invest all your money in crypto or invest all your money in real estate or invest all your money in the stock market. No, you want to diversify your investments. So why on earth wouldn't you want to diversify your income, especially in this historically strange and um, most likely crashing very soon economy? Protect yourself, protect your family and create another stream of income. Thank you for listening to today's show. Hopefully you got as much value out of it as I did. Um, this is a show that I will definitely be listening back to. Um, so as always, you know you can reach out, give me feedback, or recommend other guests for me to uh, reach out to that you'd like to hear me have a conversation with. You can email me, john at lionsofliberty.com. You can find me on Twitter at John Odermatt, on Instagram at John Odermatt. And uh, yeah, I always appreciate the feedback. So we'll talk to you next week. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty Burn. Burn.